0: Chili's already trying to aggravate me. Y'all y'all don't know because I, I just turned the recording machine here on. Chili just said, what would you do if I just sat here and looked at you the whole time on this podcast? How pissed off is that going to make you? <laughs> He's already trying to aggravate me, man. Yep. And I'm over here trying to have a good day. I just looked in the back of my truck and I got a whole gallon of water in the back of my truck. Fresh spring water. Forgot I had it back there. Walked up in the office, turned my computer on. Actually, I didn't even turn it on. I just clicked the mouse, and it came on. Nothing was reversed, or the thing hadn't shut down, or somebody hadn't turned my keyboard off. or wasn't outdated. It just turned on. Yeah. That doesn't happen very often, because what y'all don't know is Blake, uh, he allows his young children to come in here and sabotage my computer. <laughs> I, I assume on a regular basis, because every time I come in here, something's turned off or switched around or my mouse is upside down or something. Yeah. Keeps them busy. Keeps them busy. Yeah. Uh. So it's been a great morning so far. Uh, President Blake beat... Instructor Chili, on the dang, Team PT. I couldn't believe it, man. And and you know what? He didn't believe he could win. I had to coach him through that PT, right? I knew he was going to say this. So (laughs) so, The whole time he was talking to me, I knew later on he's going to say that (laughs) He coached me through this. So this morning was a, uh, a swim, I don't know how far, 200 meters. It was two laps in the lake. Uh, and first of all, let me tell you, when I when Blake texted me yesterday, he said, "You want to do range, range day for Team PT." I said, "No, we're doing a triathlon before the winter time sets in and it gets too cold." He said, "No, it's already too cold. You you need to work on your shooting." And I said, "Which no. is true, right, Chili? I yeah, said, "No, <laughs> I'll work on my shooting on my own time." And so we did a triathlon this morning. Uh, Krista, you crushed the swim. What the world? Where did you come out? I didn't think you could swim. Where did that come from?
1: Uh, You were on my heels. I don't know if I'd really call it swimming, but it was a shorter distance. So I think mentally it was a little easier to push through it and go a little faster.
0: What stroke did you use?
1: Uh, Like a freestyle, but but I, I didn't do great, honestly. Somehow I was right behind you.
0: I thought you did really, really well. Yeah. chili tore out like a bat out of hell on the swim. That didn't last very long. <laughs> I passed you in about two strokes. You tore out though. And about then part of the way through that swim, I thought if somebody's watching this, <laughs> it probably just looks like a bunch of two-year-old splashing water out here and somehow they're propelling themselves. Well, the only people that would have seen, a, seen it would, would have been Dennis and his partner. Dennis was standing on the side of the road there in the park running that blower at about two rpms what, idle what, speed what was he doing killing time man Dennis, if he would have throttled that up he would have been done with that and had to find something else to do Dennis what the crap were you doing man you literally you're supposed to give the blower gas so that it generates blows air and gets the leaves off of the road instead he was just idling the blower and like blowing the leaves. One inch at a time.
2: You're acting like you knew what was going on, man. He may have been meaning to do that.
0: Uh, that's why I'm asking
2: him here on the podcast.
0: Well, but, he definitely he was, was, what was. you doing, Dennis? He was meaning to do it. Yeah, because yeah, he was doing it. <laughs> so <laughs> he saying. definitely meant to. But, you know, that's how government work is, man. There's always more work to be done. So the tasks need to take longer so you don't have to do as much throughout the day. Well, yeah, that's true. It's not like you're going to finish up work and go home. You're going to be there till dark. So just idle your leaf blower, man. And that's what, that's what Dennis is trying to thought. He was sure idling that thing, son. And then the bike, uh, Chili, what happened to you on the bike, man? I think I, you lost all your steam there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's steam. I mean,
2: I did he gain I, steam I, on the... I didn't sw- have a whole lot rolling into it, but... Um, Instead of just saying a bunch of nonsense, let's get right to the heart of the lesson we learned today. That if you ride mountain bikes, you're a moron. Why? Why is that? That's all I got to say. Anything else will just detract from that 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 poignant, sharp statement that that we let off the show with. If you ride mountain bikes, I'll say it again. If you ride mountain bikes. You're a moron. (laughs) It's the most useless activity. What it's for, it's for unathletic people to do something that is not athletic but can fool dummies into thinking that they're athletic. That's what it's for. It's for people who suck at everything useful and come up with something where they can sit down all day on their butt And do something that looks as if you're putting out effort, but you're really not. It's just fooling everybody. That's what it's for. So that's who you are if you ride mountain bikes. Y'all suck. Well, I'll say,
0: (laughs) when an adult rides a kid's mountain bike, it makes it a lot harder on them. And I think that had a lot to do with with Chili's performance on the bike today. Both Chili's bikes are like 1970s models.
2: And this one's a kid's version. You're... Kicking me off saying that. All right, it's twenty six inch wheels. It's better for certain things. All right, you've got your 29s. Whoop de do. Oh, you got my big. I got my big mountain bike. Yeah, had that kid bike, son. Screw you.
0: <laughs> hey man, mountain biking's awesome, dude. Mountain biking's legit. You want to talk about? You want to talk about something that will get you in shape? You want to talk about something that will challenge you? Get on that mountain bike and get after it, man. Mountain biking's legit. All right. So I, you know, I figured you could have at least kept your your second place position on the mountain bike. But Old Press, he got on the crank, son. Yeah, he's a much better mountain biker. That jacker than me. got on the crank. He came up behind me. That's not a
2: mystery. He always has been. I'm not a good mountain biker. Well, no, you're not. I'm just bottom of the barrel.
0: (laughs) That joker came up behind me and I said, what in the world is happening here? He caught you on the bike? He was right behind me. He never passed me, but he was right up behind me. I don't know. Where were you, Krista?
1: On the mountain bike? Uh, I was behind Chili. So, yeah.
0: was he in sight
1: uh, at the beginning? But yeah, but eventually he pulled away. Okay. So, probably yeah. on the road. Do you have any yeah, wrecks? Probably on the road. No, I was that was a success for me. So, no, no wrecks. Good. Stayed on the bike.
0: Now, here's coming to the end of the team PT on the run. Here's where I had to really start coaching Blake <laughs> uh, <clears throat> on his limited mindset. Okay. So Blake, we we took off on the run, man, and he was doing good. I just piddled around in the transition. Can I
2: just ask something? I have to stop you. I'm I, I do apologize, but is this? You seem just real jovial about this team PT. Why is that? Let me just. I just. I, 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 I like doing. You just like lines. how this one went. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's just a lot of chatter about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I really
0: I was proud of Blake. Okay. I mean, that's what made me happy. I was proud of Blake. Uh, he usually Okay, continue usually, Why were you proud of him? He, well, because he's usually sucking high and tit And today he he actually looked like an athlete Like somebody that might give guys like me or you a run for our money You know, every few months So I'm a warrior, not an athlete Don't call me athlete So How'd you coach him through it? Well, so I just peddled around on the transition He, he yeah. comes in yeah. hot, you know He comes in hot up in there <laughs> and and he gets in and out. And I just I knew I could catch him, so I just kind of <laughs> you know, I just kinda of did my thing. And uh he took off out of there. Well I caught on up with him, you know, and and, and we start going up the mountain and, and uh you know, we get on the climb and I said, Man, you might actually be able to beat Chili on this PT for once in your mm. life if you just keep running. <laughs> and um big goal I've had for a while. And so then yeah. then, then he starts hi- power hiking up the hill and I'm like I look over at him and I'm like, Why are you walking? And so
2: That's unsad, ain't it?
0: Yeah. And so then he started running again and you know, I, I'm telling him he you know, he's a big deer hunter now, you know, so uh, we're going through the woods, and I'm telling him where, you know, I had been seeing deer at around the woods, to, trying to distract him from the fact that he was actually running. So, you know, I'm, I'm doing that to help coach him through. And and then uh, he gets up to the top finally, you know, and um, he, he turns around, and he's coming back down, and then we come by you, Chili. Yeah. Right? And then, <laughs> by you and then uh he looks back at me and he said i said man i think you can win this pt blake and um man he looks over at me and he says "Nah, man chili's gonna catch me mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and i said uh i said now nah, look here man if you put out You can win this because Chili... Hold on, this big pivotal moment. Spend a little time and talk (laughs) us through this. Yeah. I said, if you put out, you can win this, man, because Chili can't run downhill. Right. If you just keep moving, Chili can't run downhill. And so at that point, he thought... He had the epiphany. He needed someone to to believe in him.
2: He had that... Yeah. He needed
0: somebody to believe in him every now and then... In our lives, we need someone around us that believes in us. Because, even,
2: even when you can't have faith in yourself, man, if someone has faith in you, it, yeah. ju- it does something to Because you, you man. can't always believe in yourself. That's right.
0: And, and so I in that moment, I believed in him. And I said, you can do this. Someone and then,
2: clip that and make it real.
0: And and he he flipped his mind and he said, you know what? I... If Chad believes in me, Mm. I can believe in me. Well, I thought, you know, if you want to get something done and, uh, you know, if you really want to do something and it's important, and uh, anyway. And and so, so he started running fast. And he got to the end. He got to the end up there at the top. And I said, man. I said, no, nah, man, take it into the house. <laughs> I said, take it into the house. And he ran it all the way into the house, man, and crushed you. Yeah. So, that's what happened. Yeah.
1: Does that sound accurate, Blake?
0: It was a little exaggerated, <laughs> but.
1: <laughs>
2: well, for the, for the people at home, not that Blake needs this, he's beaten me at countless team PTs before. Every time we go to the gym, triathlon's last year. I mean, it's you acting like this is the first time he ever beat me.
0: I don't know that he's ever beat you on a triathlon. I, I really don't. I don't I don't All know that he's ever beat okay. you on a
2: triathlon. Whatever. Um Last year we made the runs longer, that was one thing. Mm-hmm. Last year the runs were about eight miles. Like that's when <laughs> yeah. Blake gets hot feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Yeah. Bad. Okay, so that was
0: Team PT. Do we have any housekeeping to cover on on today's episode? It's October. I don't think so. Okay. Nothing you can think of? I mean, the only thing we've got out there that's not full is the basic course, the new dates for next year. Yeah, well, we haven't... Yeah, we haven't even... And the race. The race. And the race. Sign up for the race. Yep. Um, If you were
2: one of the ones asking for it, and you don't have something else that you already committed to because we waited so late to get this on the calendar, then sign up. You got no excuse.
0: And if you do have something else you committed to, just cancel that <laughs> and commit to ours. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, It's inexcusable not to be there. <laughs> and Patreon. If you're not on Patreon, you should get on Patreon because I talk a lot of crap on Enough Said Podcast that y'all probably like. I tell you, man, you're giving a lot of value on that Patreon. I just did a I just did a uh, an initial v- review on the Springfield Prodigy. Yeah, this new pistol on Patreon the other day. Well, I looked on the other day. You got a post coming out every day of the week. Just about. I put I do a lot of stuff. I'm I'm a, I'm actually about to do a video on Patreon, and I'm gonna talk about the four mile timed run, for all you guys that like to run. I'm going to talk about the logic behind the four-mile timed run.
2: Four nautical miles.
0: No, four land miles. Okay. What uh, what was your time yesterday? 26 minutes. 26-minute, four-mile. It's pretty good. I think that may be one of my best times. What do you think you could do at 5K in? Ooh. Mm. 19,
2: 19... 01, he won't break 19 because he ain't, you know, he ain't clutch. But 1901, 1902, right in there. We didn't do that as Team PT one day.
0: Well, th- this is what I'm going to talk about on Patreon: the difference between this 5K and the four mile timed run. There, there's a there, the, okay. There's oh, a yeah. distinct advantage to utilizing the four mile timed run as a marker in your training versus any other distance. Okay, so I'm a, that's that's the next thing I'm coming out with on Patreon. so... If y'all aren't on there, join us on there, man, if you want to. Uh, and that's where it's a private platform where we get to do private stuff. Well, look, a lot of the stuff we do, just some people just can't afford it. But this Patreon ain't but 5 or $10 a month. That's right. And if you don't want to, that's fine, too. Yeah. Just keep listening to the podcast. Anyways, that's housekeeping for today uh yeah you, you guys go ahead and debrief our trip this past weekend debrief it <coughs> time for yeah, y'all
2: well, he wants us to do it i mean
0: yeah i want i want to hear what y'all have to say from your perspective because the whole pretty much the whole time i didn't know where i was at
2: well we can we can take different parts of it Blake, the, the, but the one thing i will want to the one thing i do want to say go. is if you guys live in
0: alabama in the tuscaloosa area isn't it tuscaloosa where we were if you guys live around there, y'all should go over and see Pastor Randy at New Beginnings Family Worship Center. These are good people, man. These are solid. These are solid men and women. Mm-hmm. I, I really like spending time with them. Okay, so I I do know where I was, but I didn't know specifically what happened over the weekend. So I want you guys to debrief it.
2: Let's start with the shooting. Yeah, go ahead, Blake.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean they, um, Chad goes was over there to speak for the. They've got a little men's group meeting at the baseball country is what they call it, and uh, so they had the baseball team over there and their church men's group, and they Chad is speaking at the men's group, but they wanted him to do something a little extra, so we thought, well, what about a shooting demonstration, and so we. We do that. Chad does it. He goes back there, sets his target up. First thing he brings a big steel metal t post, and no nothing to drive it with. So he finds a stone and drives it in the ground with the stone. I didn't believe he's gonna be able to get it, but he got it. And uh, well, it, it went,
2: went it went about an inch in the ground. Yeah, well, you can get that in with your hand.
0: Yeah, he he got it about an inch or two in there, and so. He runs through our time standards, what what they are, how you shoot them. And we get up there, and he's going to do the first shot from the high ready, I think it was, with the pistol. And I hit the buzzer, and beep, pow, he's shooting still. There ain't no no hit, total miss. And uh, he says, let's do that again, Bubba. (laughs) So, I did. I, I did that on purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you want to go ahead and talk about your logic behind that while we're here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Behind oh, yeah. Your I mess. did that on purpose. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you when you're up in front of a uh, when you're up in front of a crowd like that, you know, and everybody's looking at you like you know you're somebody, you know, you got to go ahead and do something stupid just to hum- humble yourself, humiliate yourself right off the bat. So you're not held on
2: too high of a pedestal. There's okay? pro- there's probably some smooth brains listening to this that'll believe that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you guys ever have the opportunity to to, you know, go do something, you know, in front of a big crowd, go ahead and right off the bat, do something stupid. Okay? And that just lets everybody know that, okay, this guy, he's human. You know, he makes he makes mistakes too. So
2: it's There's, a, it's a, how, it's a pity that, that someone's believing you right now. But. That's how that works, man. Huh? Well, you know, a lot
0: of, uh, lot of professional shooters and stuff that shoot on big, like for Glock and stuff, when they go to these competitions, they'll they'll miss their first shots too on purpose. They, mm-hmm. It's a strategy. I've seen that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Put that's yourself behind thing. the power curve. That way you have to perform at a higher level mm-hmm. to catch up. Well, that's why I came in at the end on the swim today. Oh okay, yeah. <laughs> Hold on now. No, we're talking about this past weekend. Well, yeah, I am just. We're not talking. We've, we've we already debriefed to, that. We stopped to talk about your theory behind missing the first first shot. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, hey, I didn't miss any more shots. You didn't miss any more shots. You missed several standards, but that's okay. You you hit the target and. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot to be said about other than his mess. He did pretty good. Yeah. Um, told just some had good to cover stories. That That was the first big event. You and know? When my freaking rifle malfunctioned every every mag uh, change. Yeah, during Daniel Defense, man, you know they're turning. I think they're turning liberal. Daniel Defense is. So really. Their guns aren't working as good since that happened. <laughs> so yeah, his bolt kept sticking back. He don't clean his stuff, man. He don't clean his guns. He no, don't clean I, I nothing. I had cleaned that rifle. No, I, you don't I, clean nothing. I don't know nothing. what's going you, on with that rifle, bad man. Bad ammo. You know. Yeah. Look, it's probably seized up like everything else you got except your mountain bike because you don't use none of it anymore. Your computer seized up. Your guns are seizing up.
2: Getting soft, man. you running shoes. They're just worn out. Now your shoes ain't worn out. Cause you ain't put no miles on them. Bull crap. Okay, so anyways, get, get carry on, we got, carry
0: on. Um, what was after that? This, this was a get big adventure, guys. Yeah. Carry on.
2: Ate a, ate a meal.
0: Well, we had, yeah, we ate lunch. Now, now you guys are going to have to tell this story in a way that it's interesting for people to listen to. I mean, you guys are well, sucking at this. I'm, what not, the trying, crap, I'm man. not
2: trying to be real good at it. I mean, what what you, wanna, you Do want to... Do you
0: want people to hear about the weekend or not? Because if you guys keep telling this story this way, everybody's going to just turn the podcast. Oh, yeah, well, we ate a hamburger, you know. Well, that's pretty much, much what we did. The I mean, th- these parts of it weren't that exciting. I'm giving you guys the grand opportunity to make fun of me. Oh. Well, another thing that happened is we got down there to set up our targets. I wasn't going to tell this, but if you want to make fun of you, then- no, 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 no. Leave that out. Leave that out. Oh, leave okay. That out. Okay. okay, well, right. I mean, you so, know. Exactly.
2: So, all right. Case in point. Yeah. So, don't don't you- this
0: is what you do when you get down
2: here, boy. <laughs> before, before, so, let's before, move we, on. before we get too far into this, just tell the story how you no, want no, to tell no, it. No, no, no,
0: no, so, no. So, let's move on to the actual uh uh, speaking engagement that we had there that night. Uh, let's go. Let's talk about that. How was that from y'all's go, perspective? Go ahead.
2: <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Chili. Well, I'm just. I'm gonna do it in an unsatisfactory fashion, so I don't really feel like talking about it. I mean, you. You.
0: I'm gonna give you a chance. You talked
2: to a. There was just picture this. It's a. It's a mixed scene here. There's a whole college baseball team filled with. 18 to 22 year olds in in the front seats and they're all pissing off chad because he doesn't like youths but he's he's acting like he doesn't mind them for the beginning of this so so he doesn't make everyone scared and then there's older men in the back it's a it's a a men's group at a church new beginnings pastor randy's in the back he's excited everyone's excited the the baseball kids aren't as excited as the as the men's group, because they don't really know what the heck's going on, but they just saw a shooting demonstration, even though he missed, from a Navy SEAL, and they're all pumped up, and they're like, oh, man. And then Chad gets up to speak, and he starts sharing his testimony, starts telling stories, and then one, one, one child, one young adult, you- youth on the baseball team, probably older than me, is sitting there and his eyes are getting heavy and his face is dropping his his countenance is i don't know what his countenance was but it was not pleasing to mr chad and his and his head starts to kind of fall a little bit and his and his arms just weak weakly fall into his lap and all of a sudden you hear hey man i'm trying to tell a story and if you don't want to listen to it you can get in the lean and rest all right and everyone in there just starts laughing. Except,
0: <laughs> except that kid, probably. Except
2: that kid. And um, so that's one story from it that I, that I really enjoyed. You know, whenever you have a scene like that, and then you just have some guy who's up there speaking just go off on one of the poor audience members. I mean, man, just kind of rattles everybody. But they handled it well. And then Chad got in a better mood and per- proceeded with his testimony and his stories. And gave a powerful talk. Yeah, yeah, very good. Very good, fifty thousand dollars speech. Yep, and um,
0: thank you, thank you, sirs. And uh, he tells them folks that he hates tired people because he never gets tired.
2: That was part of it. Yep, yep, yep. What? He hate, he hates fats. He hates tired people. Yep, wind, all that windbags. All that was addressed. <laughs> wind bags. don't like wind bags either. And there was probably a wind bag in there on that. T- you know, I mean, I'm sure there was.
0: Look, there's a lesson here especially for you church folk. If you can't stay awake because you're, you, maybe you didn't sleep good or maybe whatever the crap you got going on with yourself or maybe the person speaking just sucks and you can't stay awake, stand up. Just stand up and walk over to the side and just remain standing for the duration of the, the event. Okay? The reason that ticks me off so much is because I've been the guy in the crowd falling asleep in buds because I was so beat down and tired I could barely stay awake. And when my instructor saw me falling asleep while he was up there telling me something important, he hammered the freaking dog crap out of me, man. You know why? Because it's disrespectful to sit on your lazy butt and fall asleep when somebody's trying to tell you something that's important. So just stand up, man. That's the lesson here. Freaking yeah. turds. Um. Yeah, I think the evening went well. I think the evening went well. Powerful talk. Good food from, uh, was it Shirley? Paul Shirley made them nice smokers. And, uh, oh, yeah. But, you know. Kind of backtracking a little bit. Chad picks that nice breakfast place out. Remember where you got them tacos?
2: Backtracking. That was that's uh, forward tracking. Oh yeah,
0: that's forward tracking. So heck yeah, that's what's wrong about, with you. <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> morning time. i was thinking morning. <laughs> to too many Joe Biden speeches.
2: This you ready? Morning. You ready to go ahead and go? <laughs> yeah, with let's that? go ahead and move okay. forward to that, yeah. Chili. Well, what happened that morning?
0: Well, Chad, don't tell nobody what's going on. You you was mad because you thought you wasn't going to get to run. Remember?
2: Yeah. Well, you say. Uh, We got to get up at uh 6.30 to... Oh, hey. hold on. We go up. Remember the hotel? The hotel lady? The Paralympics.
0: Oh. No, the lady asking for your ID. Tell them about that. Tell them about people that just give their IDs previously. No, nah, I'm good. You ain't? Mm-mm. We no. go to check in at the hotel no, no. there. <laughs> and uh, the lady... Hey. Huh. <laughs> Well, I mean, can we not tell any story? No, Look, hey, you man. and Chad are so no, private.
2: The, the, no, p- I don't tell that story. The, the, ah, the, ah, no, I'm ah, just ah. saying the, the public don't need to know All right. everything. Chili got
0: lectured by the hotel worker yeah. lady. Yeah,
2: and guess who won? Chili.
0: Yeah. yeah. As, <laughs> it's, it's like it's like you, you show up to this, these hotels, and it's like, hey, I got a hotel room booked here. And they're like, okay. Let's sit down here for about 30 minutes and do a background check. That's essentially what it's like. What's your license plate number? Where's your ID? What's this, that, and all the other? And It's like, and so Chili wasn't playing that game. He said, no, I ain't giving you my ID. (laughs) She said, well, you might want to have your ID with you if you want to be legal. (laughs) Chili was like, well, I ain't got it with me. (laughs)
2: Legal. Yeah. As if it's illegal to not have an ID in your pocket. I mean, what are you talking about? And then What she, are you talking about? It's not illegal. Yeah.
0: And then she tells Blake, I need your license plate number. And he's like, I don't know what my freaking license plate number is. Well, go find and out. And she's like, well, walk out there and get it and, and bring it back to me. And he was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and we just went on up to the room. And Wait, nothing happened. What does that prove? She didn't need any of that crap. You don't need none of it. She don't need any of that crap. Nope. Give me my dang hotel room, man. Yep. Mm-hmm. Freaking turds, man. Yep.
2: Well, okay. She was, she was stressed out, you know.
0: Okay. Let's let's move on uh, up to the. So I I got to, um, I had the the opportunity, to do the Sunday morning, service at New Beginnings. Which is pretty cool. That's a, that's a big deal to me. By the way, I wish I could go and speak at more congregations, more church buildings. I much prefer speaking uh, at to my brothers and sisters at a church building than I enjoy speaking to these business types. I much more enjoy it because we can actually talk about meaningful things and um so i really enjoyed that but you guys got some pretty good laughs y'all got some pretty good laughs out of that yeah. out of the speech yeah yeah that's p- another powerful talk
2: well yeah you don't know how to that's that's your mo man it's gonna be but that was you know it doesn't mean there's it's not without its odd occurrences <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean we had Chad's telling the story up there. Who did y'all say it was Tamar mm-hmm. yeah. in the Old Testament that got raped, <clears throat> and her brothers told the boys that did it, we're gonna forgive you. And it's no, all right. it's it's Dinah. It's uh this this lady's name is D i n a h Dinah, Deniah, the daughter of Leah. It's Jacob's daughter. Okay, I have the story right here. Let me share with y'all a Bible account. I'm done. <laughs> okay. Be done with
1: it. Y'all yeah. aren't doing it right. Uh-uh. Look, Jacob, <laughs> right, it.
0: Jacob moves with the people of Israel. They move into a, a kind of a new part of the country. And uh, one of these people, the guy's name is Sachem. Uh, he's the prince of this new country. Sachem. He saw this lady, Dinah. He saw her and he took her and laid with her and defiled her. Okay. Well, and then he ends up falling in love with her. So, um, so he goes to Jacob and the people of Israel and says, Hey, I really love your daughter. I know I took her and raped her, but, uh, I love her and I want to take her now as my wife. And so, These guys, her brothers got real upset about it. Okay. Now this is in Genesis 34, if you want to read the the whole story. Her brothers got real upset about it, and her brothers told this guy, this prince, Sachem, whatever is however you say his name, said, All right, y'all can have my y'all can have my sister as as your wife. Y'all. Well, you can have my sister as your wife, but you're going to have to take everybody in your town here, and all y'all men are going to have to circumcise yourself. All right. If you want to intermarry with the people of Israel. Okay. So they agreed to it, they said, This sounds like a pretty good deal. We'll go ahead and make sure all of our males are circumcised, and now we will be able to intermarry and trade and and do all this stuff with this new people that's moved into town. Right? Well, they did it. Dennis' brothers waited until three days after they did it. And these fellows was very sore. The Bible says this, okay? Uh, let me see right here where it says, um, okay, and it came to pass on the third day that they were sore, I imagine so, okay, and two of the sons of Jacob, Dennis' brothers, Simon and Levi, took, took their swords and came upon the city boldly. And slew all the males, killed every last one of them. They were so sore they couldn't even get up and fight back. I thought this was a genius tactic, okay? And they they slew this prince that raped their sister. Uh, they took their sister back, and uh, they spoiled the city. Uh, they took all their sheep, all their oxen and donkeys, and and just just spoiled the whole city even went as far as to take all their women for servants (laughs) and and they went out and, and let me tell you, Jacob said that basically I'm summarizing here. He said, darn boys, that was pretty rough. (laughs) That was a little rough. Y'all might've went a little overboard with that. Right. But they answered and said, should we deal with our sister as a harlot? And I just thought that was the genius tactic. And, I thought it was pretty justifiable in my book, but I told that story and y'all seemed to get an awful kick out of that. Well, uh,
2: well, just, yeah. I think the reason that it had nothing to do with what you had just been talking about, you just kind of threw it in there. To wake everybody up, you know. You can wake people up by yelling at them. You can wake people up by clapping your hands. You can wake people up by running up and down the aisles and doing all that. But that's, I mean, that's kind of ludicrous. I mean, Chad's preferred method of waking people up, waking an audience up, is to just tell them a story that didn't really relate to anything that that he had just been saying, but that just leaves them sitting there with their mouth agape. That's, <laughs> that's pretty much what, what he did. I mean... You basically—that yeah, was really the point, right? I mean, no, you no, were no, like, no. "Some people don't even like reading the Old Testament, but I like it." Here's a story, and I mean, that's pretty much. How you well, that—that's how I fit this in. That's that, how I fit this
0: in. That was this transition from yeah. Old Testament to New Testament. Yeah. because yeah. basically, the essential, the essentially, the the message that morning was: you guys, us, generally, we think too small about the God that we serve. And then that leads to,
2: you said, "Look here, you got a problem with somebody." <laughs> that leads you thinking to, too small.
0: <laughs> so we think too small about God, which leads us to think, well, we have to be self-reliant. And then when we try to be self-reliant, that leads to worry, anxiety, depression. That leads to always self-reliance as a Christian is a dead end street um, because the uh, this entire Bible points to our insufficiency. And so we had looked at many examples in the Old Testament. And then I said, okay, since I know a lot of you Christians don't like the Old Testament, I'll give you some examples from the New Testament. And then I said, I like the Old Testament. Let me tell you a cool story. Yeah, it was just (laughs) uh, funny how the setting and how you said it. And, you know, it was unexpected. and. I, yeah, me and Chili, he was over here kneeing me, <laughs> just belly laughing over there. Yeah, in the in the seat. But
2: is that not what you were going for? You know, it's a little. No, <laughs> okay. I wasn't
0: trying to achieve anything specific. With break that.
2: the tension with that. You know, does Brian ever do stuff like that?
1: He he will do something called a hook, which is tell a story often at the beginning of a of okay. speaking to hook people in to draw them in, which will somewhat directly relate but sometimes just loosely relate to what he's talking about
2: Mm,
0: that's what i was doing
1: yeah yeah there's a there's a there's a structure called hook look book took which you hook somebody in with a story or something like that you take a look at what you're going to talk about um and then get into the actual scripture or bible and then the took is kind of the takeaway from it so Hmm. so anyway
0: you set the hook a little late if that's what you're doing, but <laughs> but
1: sometimes you have to do a hook in the middle of something to, to draw people back in. That's actually a method that too. That fish
0: came off the hook. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> yeah. you set the hook and they come off about halfway to the boat what, what, or no, the shore. What, what y'all don't understand? The reason I had to do my hook late, okay?
2: When we're didn't getting, know it was a hook uh, until now. But. Okay.
0: <laughs> we're getting ready to go into Sunday service here, and Blake. Looks on the internet and says, "There's a big hunting store down the road." Okay. Oh yeah. Woods and water, and he said, "I says, well, do you think?" <laughs> I says,
2: "I says to him, I says, <laughs>
1: <laughs> let's have some conversation." I,
0: I said, "You want to go there after we're done here?" And he said, "Um, he said, man, yeah, I'd love to go to that hunting store, but because uh, you know Blake's a big hunter now and." He said I'd love to go to that hunting store but you know they don't open till noon. Well, the the church that morning started at 9:30. Okay? He said this place don't open until noon, so we'll probably be done before that. And and we're not going to be able to go to the hunting store cuz we got to head back home and they're not going to be open. And I said, "Look, Blake, I'm going to I'm going to find something to talk about." Until noon. so he coached you, me through it. So that you can go to the hunting store, okay? So that's why I had to do my hook late. I had to extend the time that we had there, you know, long enough to where when we were done, the hunting store would be open. Yeah. So I kind of did that hook midway, mm-hmm. which allowed me to take it into overtime, which then allowed the hunting store to open. And Blake to get his way, and uh, and uh, yeah, I mean we. He actually treated me very nicely when we got to the hunting store. He bought me <clears throat> some new base layers, bought me a few things I wanted. A high dollar too, Sitka, Sitka brand. Yeah,
2: you already moving on to the hunting store.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I that that's that's the basis of of the, uh, the talk, yep. of of the talk, and you know we really enjoy spending time with. With uh, Pastor Randy and Zach and all yeah. those guys out there, man, they're just awesome, awesome people. So, if you're in that area and you want to get plugged into some good community, go check them out. Pastor Randy does some awesome messages on YouTube, also. Yeah, he does a he does a morning word every morning, and I've started watching him, and it's really good. He's just he's naturally like the way that he talks. It just seems like it's intuitive to him to to just hook you. Like you want to listen to him talk because he just keeps it going. Yeah. And I really like those things he put. Dad's been telling me about them he for, watches. for a year now. Yeah, he's been watching them forever. So I watched some this week and I, I really enjoy the way that Randy talks and portrays, you know, a message and scripture and all that. So But yeah, that was a good trip. Yeah, well, Let's you guys not, did a terrible job recapping it. Well, Let's not forget yeah. Jared that we met at uh, Woods and Water, and then the other guy downtown, the YouTubers. Oh, yeah. The other guy downtown, he's a uh, he's a surgeon. Really? The one he sent us an email? Yeah. He's a surgeon. What's um, his name? I don't remember. Simple Surgeon was his... Um, well, we can't we, go anywhere now without somebody from YouTube recognizing.
2: Well, we were us. running in Tuscaloosa, and someone yelled out at Chad, and he sent he sent an email. Yeah, yeah. You need to know his name. Well, simple it's surgeon.
0: The, it's in the email, but I forgot. And we saw Jared. And we saw Jared from California going to school out there.
2: Shout out, Jared! That was cool.
0: <sighs> but really, the big <laughs> highlight of the trip home. Was El Tapatio. (laughs) Holy crap, dude.
2: (laughs) El Tapatio, too. Yeah. We
0: get rolling down, and (sighs) Chad starts getting hungry and angry, and Chili's our our food guy. But I wasn't in the mood. No, he wasn't feeling it, and Chad keeps pulling up these things.
2: These nasty-looking restaurants. Boy, I think I found it, (laughs) son. Chili, take a look at this.
0: Take a look at this. All of them were bad. We're in Gatston, Alabama.
2: Well, yeah, there's not a whole lot to eat there, but you could do better than than you were doing, but you pulled up some Mexican joints and El Tapatio and, and all these other ones, Don Bogotis and and uh, and I said, well, I mean, I don't think any of these are going to be that great, but you can try, you know, any of them you want. I mean, that one looks like you get something all right, El Tapatio. So then he puts it in his phone. We drive up to it, and it's not even the one you showed me.
0: It's number,
2: it's, it's dose. number two. I mean, I don't. That's that, don't even mean that it may be totally different.
0: Yeah, it well, ain't. This ain't the red iguana.
2: No, no, it ain't red iguana. Definitely not. <laughs> or that, uh, where it, what was the other place we ate at out there? Those other tacos? I don't remember. Those Her are good too. Was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, um, no, it's you know, Blake wanted to go to the catfish hut, top
0: of the river, top, top of the, the river. river.
2: Chad didn't want to, so he said, "Nah, man, pull in there, go into." And Blake intentionally missed the turn into. They're right beside each other. He intentionally missed the turn into El Tapatio because he figured <laughs> when we went past it, Chad would just say, "Well, go ahead and go into the Catfish Place." But he didn't. He said, "Well, no. I was
0: treating. I was treating my servant to a good meal. He did a good job on well, the speaking engagement, well, so I wanted to he go." He made you
2: turn around, so we went back into El Tapatio, and I mean, it it was not. you know it wasn't it looked rough but i'm not as mean about it as chad is i mean he was he was disgusted you know what it
0: it looked like when i opened my garbage lid and i go to put a sack (laughs) of garbage in there i thought i was i thought i was throwing garbage in my garbage can it was so nasty in that place it
2: made it made chad's skin crawl i could look at him sitting there and his skin was just crawling and he was like I knew there was no way he was going to sit there and. This place was. Was that
1: the food or the environment? The environment. All the
0: lights were dim and like light bulbs out. Everything was dark, looked like it was closed. I mean, there was. Paint chipping off the walls. Trash everywhere. Trash in the floors. Old food in the floor. It it was. This place is. If you're ever in Gatston, Alabama, just stop by El Tapatio 2 just to do a walkthrough. Okay? (laughs) It's so nasty in there. That I felt immediately dirty, like I needed to take a shower, just from sitting in there for
2: now I two will minutes. say now that we've said the name of it, I don't want to disparage these people. no, they should be disparaged they run they, you know they're trying to make a living here they ain't trying they're not trying very hard well, I bet they I bet their food ain't that bad <laughs> I f- I don't I mean i don't want to sit here and ruin something. you just literally said, "Hey, go to Gadsden, Alabama, and go in there and tell them your place sucks." <laughs>
0: I mean, <laughs> well I we sat that. down. We used to get make it to the seat. Yeah.
1: Did you actually eat there or did you get up and leave? Oh,
0: oh no. Oh no. We we sat there and they kept looking at me. And they could see it on my face and they said, "Chad, the you're not eating here. We're just we're leaving here, okay?" So we got up and left and and I I just kept thinking if the if this restaurant is this dirty, in the places that the customers are sitting and eating, what in the crap would it look like in the places that the customers can't see? Uh, it would have had to have been horrendous. Yeah,
2: no telling. <sighs> so yeah.
0: we got up, walked back out of there, and I think they thought we were dining and dashing or something. They
2: they they well, asked, they watched us walk in five seconds ago. I mean. I think they must have been
0: on drugs or something. Everything
2: but, good? Yeah.
0: <laughs> we just walk out of this place, don't say a word, and head over to the top of the river and eat fried catfish. One thing that I saw at the top of the river, they asked us if we wanted butter to put on our cornbread. And it what they would they gave us these packets of butter. Whipped spread. And then you look at the package, it's not butter. It's vegetable oil. It's vegetable oil. I'm like, what in the crap is this, man? Margarine. Uh, Alabama, man. I mean, I don't know about all of Alabama, but like... What's the quality of the restaurant you were eating at? It was the, That was the best quality restaurant in Gaston, Alabama. Yeah. Except for Harp and Clover. Yeah. Harp and Clover is a good restaurant in Gaston, Alabama. They were closed because you spent too much time in the Dagon hunting store. <laughs> so... It's your fault, Blake. Yeah. It's all your fault. Nah, that's fine. That concludes our mission. Thank you, gentlemen. Well, I want to talk about what I wanted to talk about today. We've already (laughs) talked for 47 minutes here.
1: I think we did talk about what you wanted to talk about.
0: (laughs) Well, I I actually wanted to talk about... Correct.
1: That's right, Julie.
0: Well, crap on it then. We'll (laughs) just talk about that
2: next time.
1: No, man. You 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 need to get into that.
2: This ain't that long. You can cover down on this in twenty minutes.
0: All right, we're going to spend just a few minutes talking about this. I've seen two conflicting messages <clears throat> put out by some very influential people this week, and I won't name out any, any names because uh, your people's opinion is their opinion. Uh, but I will say that if you if you are in a position that you influence people. I'm not saying that you should always be right. I'm saying that maybe you should consider the opinions that you put out a little more deeply. There's some responsibility with being in a position where you actually can influence people. People are looking up to you for some reason, whatever it may be. So there's some added responsibility there. I've seen two conflicting messages, and I'm wondering which one you guys think is correct. I've seen one message put out that says, in matters of life, whether it is uh, business-related, whether it's relationships, whether it's activities, whatever it may be, I don't want to is a good enough reason not to do it. The, The thought that I don't want to is a good enough reason not to do it. Okay, the other message I've heard put out is how do you know that you're doing what you really should be doing? The way you know that is you're probably not going to want to do it. Okay, you see, they're two totally opposite messages. And so I can only speak from my personal experience in life. Now I'm not one of those people that thinks you should always just seek the things in life that are going to make you uncomfortable all the time, right? Yeah, you got to do some things in life that you want to do just for the sake of wanting to do them. Um but one of the things that I told the little kids at the at the Group on Friday fr- or Saturday night, the little baseball kids. One of the things that I told them, my life is very unique in a way. Uh, it's like that old Waylon Jennings song. Um, you know, I I don't have to work. I don't have to work. I don't have to do any of this. I don't have. I'm not bragging. It's just it's the way my life has worked out. I I did what I needed to do early on in life. And now I'm in a position where financially I don't have to do anything. Okay. Not that I don't confuse this listeners. I am not rich. I have enough money from my retirement to cover down on my day-to-day needs. And so I find myself now uh, when I am, essentially doing what I am called to do as it pertains to what I'm called to do, what God has called me to do in life. Dang near everything I'm called to do, I don't want to do. Even this past weekend, I don't like to be in buildings around people and I don't like the pressure of of having to formulate a a, a talk and and it, now God the Holy Spirit shows up and helps me with that helps me through that okay but I don't like it I don't want to do it like what does Chad want to do if Chad used that line of thinking that I don't want to do it is a good enough reason to not do it I would probably self-destruct. And so in my own personal experience, I've got to go with the line of thinking that when when I am doing something that I don't necessarily want to do, there's that underlying reason, right? That's usually what I should be doing. Gotta go, I've gotta go with that in my own personal. Because here's the thing. Your body, you, your human body and your mind is so weak. And really what your what your your primal mind and body, all it is really interested in is self-preservation. Okay? Your body wants to preserve itself. Um, and yeah, that'll lead to self-destruction. This I don't want to do it. This thought I don't want to do it. That's usually being driven by some emotion, right? So if you listen to that little voice that says I don't want to do it, and then you just decide not to do whatever, whatever the task is, whatever the work is, whatever the relationship is, whatever that. If you just listen to that continuously, you're just essentially allowing your your little human emotions to guide you in your actions through the course of your life. That's what you're doing. What do y'all think about this? Well, I think to say that, like, not doing, you will always, I think you'll always be better if you do what you don't want to do, but in the light of, like, what, you know, that guy was talking about was, is this God talking to me, right? Is that, he was kind of distinguishing in my, what am I doing? That's the way he put it. He said, he said, how do you know if you're hearing from Jesus, God, as a Christian, how do you know if what you're being drawn into? Like so many Christians say, God spoke to me in my spirit, right? The Holy Spirit was was really urging me to go this direction how do I know that that's the spirit of God that's urging me onto this mission or onto this you know battlefield or whatever it may be how do I know that that's the spirit of God? one of the big indicators that you can know that it's the spirit of God is you're probably not going to want to do it mm-hmm. and that's the way he put it yeah yeah it's usually selfless and we are naturally want to be selfish, but like this morning, I didn't want to go swim when yeah. it's 40 degrees. I, I didn't want to do that. But so I just bring up that example to distinguish like, there are obviously for the smooth brains out there, there is a difference in not wanting to do something like that. You will be better because of that. Like, I'm better because I did go do that, but that doesn't mean that that's what the Lord had for me to do today, you know. I guess, depending on how deep you want to go with it. But, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a good indicator. And you should, if you get to the point where you can say, I don't want to do that, and I don't have to do that because I don't want to do that, I think that's where it gets dangerous for people that have achieved a certain degree of wealth to where they can. A lot of people don't want to do something, and if they could, they wouldn't do it. But they literally have to do it to survive. So, they're not make uh, you know it gets deep, but they're not making the choice that they would actually choose to do, um, if they had it their way. You know, if you if it's work, for instance, if if I say I don't want to go to work tomorrow, but I have to have money, so you're going to go to work. But if you didn't have to go do that, then you wouldn't, and that's a that's a that's not right. Yeah. So. The underlying one is I want food for my family more than I don't want to go to work. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. And I'm glad you brought that up because you're exactly right, Blake. One of the most dangerous positions that you can work yourself into in terms of your existence is working yourself into a position where you can simply succumb to your emotions and there's no consequence because all of your food, your housing, your all the things that you have to have that would generally drive your wants, right? You want a house more than you want to be homeless. So you go to work and do something you you don't necessarily want to do. When you're in a position that all that stuff is just, it's set, that's probably one of the most dangerous positions that you can be in as a servant of Christ, as as a, as a Christian especially, but even just as a human being in general. Well, and that really exposes who someone is on a deeper level, because if they have the ability to do it and that's what they pick, then really that's who they've been all their life. Those other things that they wanted deeper is what made them continue to do those things they didn't want to do for food, shelter, water, those kind of things. So, you know, 99% of the people listening to this, or maybe 100, aren't in that position where they can pick to do whatever they want. So I think it's a good um, self-reflection if you can realize anything about yourself. Is like, am I really going to work uh, because I need to make money, or am I going there and actually maximizing uh, the relationships I have and the people I'm around? Am I going there because I want to make a difference in my job and in the people there? Or am I just going there because I want food and money to pay for these things that I need? Mm-hmm. And Because if you didn't have to, would you choose not to? I think most people would choose not to if they didn't have to. Yeah, And I think it provides probably a lot more understanding to the Scripture about, you know, it's easier to get a a camel through the eye of a needle than a rich man into heaven because the rich man has the resources to do anything that they want to do and more than likely they're probably gonna choose not to do those things. Self serving things. Yep. So that's that's the battle for me mm-hmm. is Am I going to choose self serving things or am I going to choose things that serve others? Just oh, What what about you, Krista?
1: I don't, I don't know that I have too much to add. Um, Blake was saying a lot of what I was thinking. And I do think, I don't I don't think I could choose. It's always one or the other. So in the beginning, you gave kind of two positions. And I think it is sort of a deeper issue. I don't think, I think our tendency is to gravitate toward um, not doing the hard thing or getting out of our comfort zone. And I think the underlying... Um, the, the strata under all e- either position is what's the true desire of your heart, which Blake kind of got at what's underneath all that. So what drives what I want to do um, and what drives doing what I don't want to do? Because even under doing what I don't want to do is another desire, a desire to um, be selfless, a desire for other things. And so you end up, like Chili says all the time, you end up doing what you want to do. <laughs> So it just depends, you have competing desires, and it depends on which desire actually plays out in the end as the greatest. And so you end up, so I don't like either position, because I think you end up doing what you want to do. But I do think our tendency is to be comfortable. Um, A lot of what drives us as people is fear. And so we often do what we want to do, because it makes us feel safe, um, because it's, it's easier. And so we take the path of least resistance and unless we have something to motivate us or we have a bigger vision for our life or a stronger desire that's going to compete with that and push back against that and redirect us, we are going to live a life that's probably easy and self-serving and, you know, and so I think for me, what that is, is as a believer, you know, I think that God puts a spirit in my in my heart that gives me different desires and the Bible talks about that, putting new desires in us. And so I think it reorients our life so that we do do things that we ordinarily wouldn't do because maybe we still feel that fear. Maybe we still don't want to put in that hard work, but there's something greater that tells us you need not fear. I have you, you know, you, you know, you can handle this. My grace is sufficient for you. So you have, you have words coming to you that um, allay those fears and those things that might direct you to self-serving, uh, self-serving life. So I guess those are some of my thoughts around it.
0: Yeah. There's a verse. I, don't, I was trying to find it, but it's in Galatians. And basically, we've talked about it on here before, but it basically says that liberty is not a license to do what you want to do. And that's exactly what we're talking about here. If you have, like, if you have the liberty or the freedom to be able to make those choices, it's not a license to be able to follow through with them. You know, if you have financial freedom, it's not a license to have a loose bank account and not watch and not be a good steward or watch where your money goes or be a contributor. Yeah. If you're in really good shape, it's not a license to go eat a bunch of junk food and, and, overindulge in food just because you're not going to get fat because you're burning it and in any area of your life. So liberty is not a license to go do self-serving things. And I think that provides a solid answer for exactly what we're talking about. What about you, Jilly?
2: Yeah. Ron almost came out, Blake. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah, no, I don't... uh, I don't know how to ever talk very eloquent about these things because I'm obviously left with more questions than answers. I mean, I'm, uh, like, like Krista said, I've, I've, I'm, I'm obviously have talked about this a lot with the, the theory on the conflicting desires and everything. And I mean, that, that's fairly difficult to, to refute that that's kind of the way we make decisions. And I'm not saying it's, correct i mean i don't know but it it makes sense to me at least in part and and if you go off of that then the, then the question that i'm left with is what determines our desires if we ultimately are left with almost every decision a part of us wants to do it and a part of us doesn't but the one that's greater will win the, the greater desire will win you know uh, when people go man i'm so tough i went out and ran and i didn't even want to man it's like, yeah, part of you didn't want to, part of you wanted to sit on the couch, but the greater part of you wanted to go run, that's why you did it. But why? Why did you want that? I don't know what determines our desires 100%. I mean, I'm that's what I'm not entirely sure about is you know, when there's millions of people out there making th- that they they simultaneously want to run, and and they and the other part of them wants to sit down and be lazy, but and half of them are going to sit down and be lazy, and the other half are going to go out and run. Why did they choose what they chose? You know why? Why did why did the people who go out and work out? Why did that win for them and it didn't for the others? Like I don't really know the answer to that. I mean I've got. You know, that's, I told you earlier, I've been thinking about free will a lot and that can lead into that discussion because I've, I've asked myself, okay, what controls our desires? It seems like part of it is like our DNA, our our genes, you know, like how we were wired, how we were made, how were we, how we were created. Right. And if that's true, then I go, okay, well, we don't have control over that. Like, I don't have control over my how I was made, like my my genes my you know how I was per- or
0: even who raised you like well,
2: that's what I was about to that's that was that's the other part it's like what else determines our desires you could say your environment, you know how you grew up, your parents and everything you don't control those things either so it's like okay, if what controls my desire desires is a bunch of factors that are out of my control and and what I do is based on my desires, then I'm not even in control of what I do and I don't know i that that is obviously logical flaws in that but i'm just that's just how i'm you know initially thinking about it whenever we bring this stuff up and i'm like yeah i don't i don't know what what really controls our desires so someone that says not wanting to do something is a good reason not to do it you know to me they're saying that based off of like yeah they can't even help that they don't want to do something you know so it's like hey if you don't want to do it just don't do it you can't help it but so many problems occur with that line of thinking because that excuses every sin that we commit that excuses everything because you'd go okay well we didn't even have the free will to choose anything so how are we how are we responsible for any action that we take Mm -hmm. but I don't but I don't know the other side of it you know I don't know the I, I don't know I don't know what controls our desires, basically. And, you know, we ask all the time, um, you know, God, your desires and not mine. I want, you know, there's a point in people's lives where they say, you know, where they say, I've got my own desires, these flesh desires, you know, and then, but I want to, I, I want to carry out your will. I want to carry out your desires for me. But even the decision, to want that. Where does that come from? You, you know? Well, that's a gift. Yeah, I mean, that. well, that, that's what I'm saying is like, you know, at what point is are things our own actions and our own autonomy and, and what is... When does you know, when is it God interceding on our own life and giving us whatever it is? Yeah. Well, the question
0: could be posed, is anything our own?
2: Well, I, I know, man. And people, you know, all the time people say, people even pray, this is a common prayer, Lord, your will be done and not mine. And I've always asked, Do we believe that that there's a time where God's will is not done? I mean, if you think about that, people a lot of times people initially go, Well, no, it's always done. He's God. And you go, Well, if His will is always done, then you know I'm not in control of.
0: I, I think more or less what what that is what that's about oh, is, I know. is showing a po- the posture of your heart toward God, Correct. right? Because it's the way Jesus actually gave us the template to pray was, right. Lord, Your will may your will be done right. on this earth as it is in heaven. So I think more so that is about posturing yourself in the but proper I'm, manner but I'm, in front of God. I
2: agree, but I'm also just talking about technically. Yeah. I mean, do we believe that God in his all powerful, all knowing nature, that at times his will is not done? I mean, you know, I I think we all believe in the end, like the the basically the end is already written, right? So if that's the case, do we have the free will to to mess that up you know what i mean it's like well nobody thinks you do we're like no that's gonna happen so it's like okay i mean it's odd how it all intermingles and works together you know and that's why i just i don't know the answer fully to where exactly where precisely do our desires come from and maybe it's maybe it's multiple answers for different different things like well that desire comes from this and that one comes from God and that one comes from whatever, but yeah, you won't ever know. That's the question. I don't know. And it brings up all these other questions of the nature of how things work. And like I said, free will. And, um, it's interesting because, but I think that, that, um, point of tension here with the two, the two lines of thinking that you were saying is kind of born out of that right there. It's like, we don't, it's hard for us to even understand our own desires and where they come from. So there's, you know, you take two paths. You take one line of thinking that goes, well, hey, do what you want and just do what you want
0: and do what makes
2: you happy. And And if you don't want to do something, that's a good enough reason not to do it. And then the other side says, no, man, you know, says the exact opposite, right?
1: Uh, uh, Going a little on a side trail here, going back to the second proposition you mentioned, and let me see if I can paraphrase it. This is, these are just my words, but um, some people might have heard it as if there is something you don't want to do that likely confirms or affirms that it is something you should do.
2: Mm, is yeah, that true? It, is
1: that I mean, kind of w- paraphrasing what he was saying. That's a leap there. Yeah. Yeah. But is that kind of way Yeah. Because I was just gonna say, I think some people could hear that and say and take it as an absolute like you even mentioned that too Blake. was that part of what you're saying
2: that like don't just take that to mean oh just because you don't want to do something means it's from god right 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 yeah yeah yeah. because i
1: just want to make sure like people didn't hear that too like because i think there is something about listening to our intuition and some sometimes our desires of what we want to do um actually are something we should listen to and so that's why i I didn't want to choose one or or the other, because I think we need to be a little nuanced about it, which I think this discussion is, is, um, showing that, but, but I don't think one is absolutely right. And one, the other is absolutely right. So
0: The, the reasoning behind from, from a Christian perspective, the reasoning behind the statement of you're generally not going to want to do what God is calling you to do. The whole reasoning behind that is because when when you're following Christ, one, if, one thing that Christ has to provide for us are situations where we realize our own insufficiency. Because without those situations, we will not rely on him as human beings. We, we, we always default to self-reliance because it's what we can understand in this physical world that we live in. So I think that's that's the biggest reason all
1: throughout the Bible. I mean, that's what so many stories are about, you know, God using Moses and all, all kinds of prophets wanting to run from what he's calling them to do. And, you know, people putting their lives at risk. And so I think that's, that's a tool that God actually uses in throughout history, throughout his story is using people who, uh, don't have the ability, don't have the affinity and, and sometimes don't have the opportunity, and he creates those things and uses those things to, to show um, you are insufficient. This is me. It, you're actually not. You wouldn't do this without me, and you're not actually. Um, it's not about you. It's about me. Yep. And so I think that's through, all throughout the Bible. Um, there are plenty of examples of that. Yeah,
0: the, you have to use the Bible as a filter. If I don't want to kill this person, that doesn't mean I should kill him because the Bible says I shouldn't murder. But if I don't want to go do this speaking engagement <laughs> because it's going to take up time and I could be hunting and I don't want to formulate a message, but the Bible says that I should be a disciple and go share his word, then I should go do that. So there's two examples of you, you, you have to use the Bible as a filter. You, it, that's how it's not a catch-all. You can't say, mm-hmm. oh, I don't want to do this, so I should do it. If you don't want to do something, but the Bible tells you you should do it, just because you don't want to do it is not a good enough reason not to do what the Bible tells you to do.
1: And sometimes there are there are situations where it just requires discernment and reliance on the Holy Spirit because you might have a choice between going to speak at this thing, which you know you could say, well, the Bible tells me to go make disciples and do this kind of thing, but also I need to spend time with my family and there's Mm -hmm. actually a competing opportunity there which you know you could reason or argue through the bible that you should be doing that too and so and caring for your family and so sometimes there are those areas that aren't quite clear that you know and i don't think we should get paralyzed around those things sometimes we can feel paralyzed like i've got to make the right choice i've got to make the right choice and and uh I think it just takes prayer and discernment and it's just making the best choice that you think you you, you can make. Yeah,
0: I agree with that. And I think chili, some of the root of what you're talking about is something that we briefly touched on last weekend about God being omnipotent, which is all powerful. Yeah. God being omniscient with it, which is all knowing. So, A being that knew everything from the beginning to the end at the very moment of creation. Okay.
2: Once he created.
0: Yep. He he caused. He knew everything that was going to happen to him, not going to happen, had happened from the moment of creation. Uh i think that's what yeah does that mean he that's caused what, it that's exactly right that's that's what is difficult because simply your my our minds are not wired to be able to even
2: remotely understand how that plays out well yeah and it's primarily a, a timeline problem because god's eternal and the reason he was able to do that is he's eternal and we, we don't even know what that means. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, that's, uh, uh, yeah, that's, that's something that, I mean, it's not like it's anything new. People have been wrestling with that issue for since the dawn of time, I suppose, you know, f- free will. And I don't even know when that concept was created. Cause it is a concept that, that man thought of like, Hmm, am I acting on my own? You know? And, yeah. and I think, uh, I think, I think we certainly have the, whether we have free will or not, we definitely have the illusion of free will. Yeah. Like that's for sure. We definitely think we have it, operate as if we have it, you know, treat, treat, treat decisions that come before us as if we have it. But yeah, you can almost look back at your life and it's odd because you can watch it like a movie in your head almost. And you're like, what made me do that? And,
0: this, this is the and, and I think it's one thing that we find frustrating about the way, uh, the body of Christ. I guess formats the um, the way that they bring the okay, it's the choice, right? Yeah. When when people. When people in church services talk about make the choice,
2: oh sure, it becomes a soteriological question. Make the choice, sure,
0: and and like, and how we're like, saved. Yeah. It's like, eh, I don't know that that's really possible. Like, are are what? we starting someone off on the wrong foot? Like, is it is it more like we should be saying?
2: How, if the, how else
0: do you talk about it?
2: Uh, well, uh, that's my point. We think we like we. Yeah. you can't operate as it, we may, I don't know. I don't know what level of free will we have, but you can't act like you don't. You can't even exist if you act like well, I'm not even making my decisions. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just a was, puppet. Like yeah. you can't, you can't even live. You yeah. go nuts. So, like, you can't even talk about things in the other terms because
0: there's definitely something more to it, though, than just making up your mind.
2: It seems that way. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. So.
0: Well, we've gotten way far over Blake's head, so uh <laughs> No, I have more I could <laughs> say. We better just go ahead and we better just go ahead and shut it well, down. What what did you have something else you wanted to add, Blake? No, but I could I could continue to add to the conversation. I'm not an invalid. Player. I'll tell you what, buddy, you're making <laughs> leaps and bounds in your physical ability, your fitness, your uh your thought, being able to think deeply about things and I've always been able to think deeply. I'm just not very well at communicating. You are making leaps and bounds, son. Well, guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, share it with somebody that uh, might be having the same questions that we have so that they can listen to this podcast and have more questions. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) We love you guys. Enough said. (laughs)